Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Denver Hoops and Dreams. I am your host, Jeremy Nichols, here with my co-host, Alex Valdez. Alex, before we even get into any basketball talk, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm another year older. Don't wish me happy birthday, but I'm a year, another year older, man. It's I'm getting to I'm gonna start looking like you, man, like ancient. <laughs> hey, man, that's 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 how life that's how life treating your boy. You know what I mean, but no, happy birthday. I still said it just because you know I still uh, you know I'm a rebel. You know what I mean, <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So you know, a lot of things, a lot of things have been happening. Obviously. Um, just in the world of sports, um, you know, we we saw last night um, during that that NFL game um, with uh, I believe his name is Demar Hamlin. Um, he did collapse in the middle of the field. I believe they mentioned that he went into cardiac arrest. Now that that resonated with me because that actually happened to me before. Um, so just you know, just as a person. You know, I definitely send my thoughts and prayers out to him and his family um, because that right there is a scary, very, very scary situation. And at that point, you kind of forget sports, right? You kind of forget sports don't matter at that point, you know, and I think it was just really insensitive last night when you saw a lot of people posting about, man, but the playoff implications and the blah, blah, blah. Dude, no one cares. Somebody, somebody almost lost their life last night, you know, and. The last thing anybody's thinking about is playoffs and betting and all this other stuff. At that moment, none of that stuff matters, right? And but I will say I I do love the fact that um just people, the community, everything. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but they they did go to his charity. That he has like a GoFundMe charity that he's been doing over the holidays for you know giving back to kids and his community. And um, the goal initially was 2,500. Right. The last time I saw it, it was over three point five million dollars. Yeah, we're up to four million last time I saw. That is dude, that is that right there is what I like to see, you know, especially, you know, it it, especially in in just in general. Right. Nowadays, people are people aren't as nice as you would like them to be. Right. Especially when somebody's going through certain things. There's a lot of insensitivity going around a lot of it. And I feel like when we have a moment like this to really show support to somebody and their family, and we have a chance to, to really do it. Like it's, it's beautiful to actually see, um, you know, see that happen. What, what were your thoughts when you saw that? Obviously I noticed the nuggets podcast, but what were your thoughts about that? Terrified. Yeah. And that was scary. Anytime, you know, we've seen the, 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 uh, what is it? The Louisville player, um, mm-hmm. saw him have his stuff. Right. And that was just, you know, that altered his life for good. This guy almost lost his life. We already know about Ryan Clark and all of his sickle cell stuff that happens with Mile High. Correct. Yeah, man, that was that was terrifying. And honestly, you know, there was that good 
geez, what was that half hour to hour while they're trying to figure out what are we doing? And they asked the coaches, like, what do you guys want to do? Honestly, from what I hear, the NFL were like, yeah, like, let's, you know, let's take a break. You guys figure it out and then yeah. we'll get to, back to playing. But, um, you know, kudos to the coaches that just honestly, you know, if we're going to be real here, it inconvenienced everybody in the whole entire stadium. Absolutely. But I feel like the in, whole entire stadium understood the assignment and they were like, this is more important. Absolutely. All the players, the 53 players on each team, they all understood the assignment. Like, yeah, the game can wait. Right. Absolutely. So, um, while the initial stuff that the NFL started to think they were going to try and, you know, continue the game, um, you know, it wasn't the right move, but eventually they got it right. Um, I understand there's logistics. You got to, of course, yeah, yeah. There's everything, right? So you're stopping, you're, you're stopping a whole million dollar, uh, enterprise. Of course, it's right. always going to come down to money. Absolutely. That being said, um, eventually they got it right. Despite, um, some ugly TV personalities, thoughts and thoughts on it. So, oh, man. um, we're not going to give them any more fuel at no. this point, but no. That being said, um, I hate this phrase because, you know, it only goes so far, but thoughts and prayers out to my guy, uh, Mr. Hamlin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, like I said before, being somebody who's experienced that and seeing the effect of it on the people that you care about, just the ones that are right around you, especially, um, you know, it is it is very scary. So like you said, thoughts and prayers, man. So um, I am glad that they did, in fact, get it right. And, you know, just to see over social media, all of the athletes and stuff. I mean, people who are, you know, other, at that point, the team's concept went away. It became, you know, and I think that to me is the most impressive part about this because, that's what we're missing, man. We're missing that type of stuff, that type of energy these days, especially with so many bad things happening all over the place, man. We don't get enough of this because we live in a, you know, we live in a country right now that's just so divided, so divided. There's a lot of divisive things that's happening, whether from a political standpoint or just anything else, right? So it's always cool to see people come together right. for something like this. So I thought we should, uh, you know, address that even before we jumped into Nuggets basketball. Now, the Nuggets. Um, obviously, since the last time um, we did record a couple of days ago, uh, this was right before the Boston Celtics game. And I was very happy to say that my prediction was correct, finally, um, because that man, listen, going into that game, I was I was a little worried. I'm not going to lie. I was like, man, I know this prediction ain't going, this ain't happening. But, you know, I thought about it. I was like, the Nuggets, these are the games the Nuggets have to find a way to win because, at the end of the day, when they get into the playoffs, there, especially this time around, there is no easy series. Like right. none. It does. It doesn't matter if they are the first seed playing against the eighth seed. They're gonna have a run. Like they're, they're gonna have a team that's ready to to get them out of there immediately. So, when you face a team that most people believe is better than you, that is the team that you have to. You got to bring everything at that moment. And of course, it ended up being a very weird game with that whole 40 minute delay after the rim got bent by Robert Williams and stuff like that. Um, what were your thoughts? Like, while that was happening, like, what, what were you thinking right there? Actually, let's talk about that. I'm hearing a lot of like, you know, that was set up to stop a run. Um, I, I heard a lot of like, you know, you're lucky that happened. 
like the game was never close. Like anytime that they are, <laughs> they started to make a run, the Nuggets stopped that run. So no, I, I just thought it was big inconvenience. I understand if it was on my side uh, of the court, you know, I would want it fixed. But um, I don't know, man. That game was that game was done by mid fourth. So um, super super proud of the Nuggets for showing up. Yeah. I just wish they would stop playing up and down to their competition. I understand it's the NBA and I understand it's sports. Um, that's why you play the game, right? But, you know, every team is beatable. Every team um, can win any given Sunday, like they like to say in the NFL. But man, that, it just, I, I you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with the, the next game that they played is, I just wish that, you know, they would, they would come and bring that kind of intensity um, every game. Like, I, I think they even mentioned it. Uh, one of these players mentioned it. You know, they were just saying something to the effect of, like, we shouldn't have to get up for uh, a team like this. Correct. Correct. I mean, it is it is interesting, obviously, um, you know, the Nuggets still sitting at first in the West right now at 24 and 13. Um, they're just about a, a game or a half game in front of the Memphis Grizzlies because I think the Grizzlies may have the tiebreaker right now. Um but yeah, I, I think it is uh, it is interesting to see. I mean, the Nuggets have done that for years, for years, because us as Nuggets fans, we understand when the Nuggets play a big matchup, I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones where I'm just like, all right, I can see the team doing, I can see the team winning this one. It's when they play the Houston Rockets of the world or the, <laughs> the Orlando Magic of the world. Like these types of teams, those are the ones that I'm worried about because just like you said, yes, they they are famous for playing down to their competition and they've been doing this for such a long time and i'm trying to figure out why like why why do the nuggets play down to the competition like i don't understand the mentality behind it i feel like if you truly believe that you are a championship caliber team if you are a contender you should just be able to just take care of your work easy and let your bench players handle it don't go out there with the mentality ah whatever and then you're down 20, and of course the Nuggets can come back, which they've shown on numerous occasions. But why do they? Why would you? Why do you feel like you have to do that all the time? Like handle your business from the from the jump. Like why is that so hard? And you know what it is too is it's it's not that they're playing down to their competition. It's more to the fact that you know you've got guys that are going out there and you know just tossing up shots they wouldn't normally toss up. Right. right? So. Um, you know, we've been on bones for the last, you know, six, seven games. He's been in somewhat of a slump before he picked it up over the last three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, bones would take these kinds of shots that, um, let's face it, have gone in for the last three games. But right. it is those kind of shots that will get you in trouble versus uh, a hungry team that's coming into your house or you're going into their house. Um, they're trying to hold that kind of, uh, you know, um, they've got pride too, right? In their own house. And man, they want to beat the number one team in the NBA or the number one team in the West. So I, I don't know, man. I, I really just, I feel like you feel like you can get away with stuff that you normally can't get away with um, versus some better teams. So they're like, oh, let's try this. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, man, it'll it'll bite you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you said it correctly. Um these are NBA players. At the end of the day, these are NBA players. These are athletes that made it into that pool of talent. And there is some level of respect that has to be there because obviously we see now, I mean, any given night, any team can lose. 
I mean, you know, we talked about it. The Houston Rockets the other day beat this that exact same Boston Celtics team we were talking about, right? That's a team that I mean, I'm I'm talking about. I mean, obviously, you know, I do a lot of sports betting, so I look at the lines pretty often. And when I say I think the Celtics were like minus eight fifty or something like that to win that game, like it was like that. Like there was it was not it should not have even happened or even been close. I think it was like they were about plus fourteen favorites. So it's 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 in, it's interesting for me sometimes to see just certain teams who are obviously that caliber still lose to teams that one they don't have their star players or they're missing a couple starters those are the games where it's like this game might be a little bit more close and i'm starting to pay attention to that now even from a betting perspective but of course looking at how the nuggets do it it's just something that we have grown accustomed to and that is not a good thing the only the only good thing or the only benefit out of this whole playing down to the competition thing or whatever for the nuggets is when they get to the playoffs, that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, even if you're playing that, that eighth seed, you have to focus regardless of if you believe you're better than them or not. This is, there won't be any time for that mentality once the playoffs start, honestly. Well, if I can bring up two things, like one, I've got a question, but one, um, I guess it's kind of a flex that the Nuggets think that they can just flip a switch, right? Right. And just, okay, well, I guess we'll just take them seriously. So, I mean, they are number one in the West, um, right. even through their COVID issues and um, MPJ being out, Murray being in and out of the lineup, um, Gordon being in and out of the lineup, Bones, who's your basically your bench, coming right. um, being out of the lineup. You know, they can flip that switch. Um you know, I guess that that's a silver lining to, to kind of throw out there. Um, but one question I have to ask is, you know, was the Timberwolves game a Greg Popovich type of game where you just go, hey, like Tim Duncan has a, a sprung wrist. Uh, Tony Parker has, a, you know, a, a sprung, you know, a ankle and uh you know ginobili has you know a, a hair follicle out of the way oh i mean i guess he would have to have hair for that but you know is it is it one of those kind of games where you're just kind of thinking like we're on a back-to-back we're getting in at 3 a.m in the morning it's kind of it, i mean it is a division game but right. ultimately they've got some missing players let's just punt on the game and here's what we have kind of game was honestly we have that's, that's how i felt and all them yeah that's that's how i felt you know just just going into the game um and honestly that's probably why i'm not really upset too much about it i am you know you never want to lose one to a divisional rival and two because the top of the west is so crowded right now one loss could really knock you down a couple spots um so it's just not a time to be playing around with that type of stuff but if there ever was a situation where the Nuggets, I don't want to, I'm not giving them a, an excuse, right? But I will say that it is, it is an interesting thing because like I said before, you look at the, the different, you look at the situation, second night of a back-to-back after playing the best team in the league. Um, and I, I mean, at that point, you re- they gave everything they could. You could tell they were on, they were focused, you know, shots were falling from all over the place. And, you know, you brought up, you know, certain players on the uh, opposing team saying certain things about that success. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I just think that the Nuggets were just there. They were they were mentally ready. They prepared well. Um, shout out to, to Michael Malone and the coaching staff for getting the team ready for that matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into the Timberwolves game, you know, like you said, this is a team where, yes, they obviously they're missing Carl Anthony Towns. And, you know, they have been on a six game skid. And I'm starting to realize something now. The Nuggets are the Nuggets are the team that you want to play when you're on a losing streak. Because <laughs> look at the Lakers to start the season off. Mm. I believe they started, I don't know, maybe one and five or maybe oh and six. I believe that they their first win was against the Nuggets. And then then they it was like a couple other teams in between that, you know, with the Nuggets having 13 losses. Um, within those 13 losses, there were about three teams that were on at least four plus losing streaks. And they played the Nuggets and beat them. And then somehow they find their stride again, you know? So I'm not I'm not sure why this has become something for the team. But like you said, second out of a back-to-back against a divisional rival who a lot of their players are former Nuggets. I mean, you still have, obviously, you still have Austin Rivers. And of course, with, with Tim Connolly being over there now, I just think it's, they were, they were, they were, they were, talked too well before the game they were prepared well um i don't know if austin rivers was giving them tips like yo you should probably do this and i don't know how that works um but i I just think they were just more prepared and they were i mean they were more rested i think that's honestly what it comes down to i just think it's the fatigue factor did set in and i and i knew it would because Mm -hmm. in my mind i was thinking a lot of timberwolves players would have a lot of opportunities at rebounds right um because once as soon as the Nuggets had that performance against the Celtics to immediately turn around and fast pace, because, you know, the Timberwolves, there's not a lot of half court offense unless it's um, Anthony Edwards pretty much just kind of chucking up threes. But they they their game is predicated on on up and down, very similar to what, you know, the, the seven seconds or less offense or the George Carl offense. They play a very similar style right now. Um, so. I kind of expected it to happen, which is why I'm not so mad about it. But of course, I, every time the Nuggets lose, it always takes me a couple hours to kind of be like, "All right, cool, okay, I'm, I'm okay with it now." So I got you. No, I mean I agree with the. Uh, I think I wanted this one just a little bit more, just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because of TC, because mm-hmm. Jokic owns uh, Gobert, because he owns Cat, because Austin Rivers is over there. Yeah. yeah, I just I think I wanted it a little bit more, but you know, of course, hindsight twenty twenty. Anytime you lose a game, you're like, damn, I could have started. You know, I could have rested some starters there. Yeah, uh, you know, wasted not wasted some good energy, but you know, that's not why they play the game. But man, I, I still think like you know, maybe Popovich, Popovich was onto something. You know, I mean, he's been criticized for it. I think he's even been fined for it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I. I I don't know, man. I would have loved to have had that game, but you know, you're you're getting in that that late. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It would have been a nice game just to rest some guys. It would. It would. It would have definitely been uh, a good win. Um, obviously, had they had they won that, and like you said, if they kind of if they were gonna if they knew they were gonna play like that, like we kind of knew, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, let let um let Christian Brown or, or some more guys just get more burn and you know, see what it, you know, see how they, they play. You that know? fatigue, that fatigue actually did not set in um, as, as early as I thought it was going to. Right. Um, it was actually what mid fourth and they, they brought that 10 point lead down to nothing. Right. Yeah. So, and, but it was on the, 
the heels of you know some long three-point shots and you're taking long three-point shots mm -hmm. when you have no interest in getting into a half court you know drag it out kind of game right because you're tired right so yeah. um and it was guess what it was those bones highland shots from you know those logo shots so yeah i think he what he hit four of them in a row yeah yeah he you know? he he had a run and of course you know obviously on the Timberwolves side anthony edwards just started cooking in the second half um because the, the nuggets did a really good job on him in the first half but once that third started he just he started to get going and <clears throat> he is a player that has played really well against the nuggets i mean he's he's dropped 30 numerous times um I don't know. Did you did you see that Rudy Gobert block on Jokic? I did. The uh, was it the goaltending block? The other one. I believe <laughs> there was one. There was a goaltending one, and then there was another one that he got, and he blocked it out of bounds. And like you could tell, he he was just like he was so happy about it. And I'm like, bro, that's his Super Bowl, man. Like like, bro, you and at that very moment, right? This was, I believe, the start of the fourth, sometime around there. He had seven points and three <laughs> rebounds at the moment that he blocked that shot. He had seven points and three rebounds. And you are, aren't you supposed to be an all-star player or like one of them, them, them type of guys? That's a player of the year. Right. Three time. Like, like, so, so in my opinion, it's like, chill out, right? chill out. Okay. Because we still ain't forgot 2020. So you need to calm down. You know what I mean? The whole sports world did not forget 2020, so chill. You know what I mean? But nah, I just thought it was interesting, his reaction behind that. I mean, I know a lot of guys, they get up for matchups with Jokic because for them, that is their Super Bowl. Just like you mentioned, like, these guys, they wait till they play Jokic to say, oh, look, I blocked the back-to-back the -back MVP or I got more rebounds than him and blah, blah, blah. Because to them, he is the bar. And they have to do anything they can to somewhat get close to that. But but listen, when you're doing this flexing and all this extra stuff, when you have seven points and three rebounds as an all-star center in this league, you stop it. Just block the shot and move forward. Like don't don't act like you're trying to you're trying to showboat and all this extra stuff, bro. Chill out. Like they brought you in because they don't have enough length with Cat to face Jokic and. Like you can't flex on that, right? So, Correct. yeah. I, while we're on the topic of centers, I, I need to ask you what what's your what's the thoughts on Zeke? I mean, I, I'm kind of lost. I mean, I've I see the effort, but I see him out of position. Um, I see him taking bad shots. I see the turnovers. I see him just burning through his uh, his fouls. Like, I don't know if I'm I'm enjoying Zeke. I don't know if I'm I'm hating these Zeke minutes. What's your thoughts? Um, my, my honest opinion on Zeke Najee is I am very confused just as you are. <laughs> well, and, you and here, no help then, sir. Well, no, but, but here's why, here's why. Last season, Zeke Najee was, every time I saw him on the court, he was just hitting threes. Mm -hmm. Like at the moment, like he was shooting like 50% plus behind a three point line. So for me, all I considered him as he's really good at playing the piano and he can hit threes. Like, that is essentially what I saw Zeke Najee as. Um, of course, there are moments you saw some some spots even going back to last season with him. You know, he would crash the boards and get a lot of offensive rebounds, go back up with it, stuff like that. Um, 
And I know obviously he has some defensive potential. Absolutely. Like he's, he's out there and, you know, we brought up even when the last episode we were talking about, he, he uses those fouls, you know, pretty often. Um, but as a player, I don't really, I don't really know what his role is yet because is he just a stretch four ish player? Is he supposed to be a small ball center? Is he supposed to be a small forward? Like, so, so I think, I think we both have every right to be confused right now because his role has not been carved out for him yet because right. one, we don't really see much of him. And when he does play, he is just kind of all over the place, right? We, like I said, we, we see him behind a three point line shooting threes from the corner and we see him banging in the paint, getting fouls and all this type of stuff. Um, but I don't know necessarily what he is consistently because you can't really tell if something's not consistent. We don't know. We don't know. Like we're, we're starting to see what Christian Brown can do. You know why? Because whenever he gets his minutes, he does the same thing. Every time he hustles, he hits the occasional three. He he's starting to dunk on people. Like it's like, he got some ups. Like he, that boy got some hops for real. Um, but, but at us as fans, like you can tell, you can look at Christian Brown and you can do a quick player profile and say, okay, that's a defensive guy. He hits threes and he can slash to the paint. Boom. You have three specialties of his already pegged out. Mm-hmm. Zeke Naji, we saw him hit threes last year. He's not hitting at the that type of clip this season. Um, I've, I'm actually seeing people get around him a little bit easier now defensively. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of hard to, to, to really say, hmm, maybe this is what he does. I don't really know. So no, I can't really help you with that. It's but that's not on us. That's because we're not we're not given any like any real footage or any type of, you know, like, hey, this is what he's really good at. Cause I can't tell. I think that's a great point. Honestly, I haven't even thought about that personally. I asked honestly with my stock my Zeke stock down, only because I'm like, what are you supposed to be on the court doing? Right. Um, but that's also because, like you said, last year he was like you know a three and now he's a, a stretch exactly I exactly now yeah. it's like what should i be looking for when i'm looking mm-hmm. at a zeke type of game so yeah i'm just interested to find out um kind of where he's going to be if he's going to be here past february yeah yeah it is <laughs> because I, I could definitely see him being a part of a trade package honestly right. um just because the Nuggets don't really have a role for him. But here's here's what I, I do believe is going to happen. If he does get traded, he is going to flourish because I do see the potential. Like I said, last year, dude, every time Zeke shot the ball, I'm like, oh, this is cash. Right. Like he was not missing threes. You know, he's getting wide open threes from the corner and it was cash every single time. So in my opinion, it's like he has potential, but I don't really know if Michael Malone and the coaches know exactly what they want from him yet, because like you said, he was a small forward who was just pretty much stretching the floor to him now, essentially, you know, other than like Deandre Jordan trying to play backup five to Jokic. And I, I I don't, I don't think that's, I don't, that ain't it to me. I I can't. You think we're going to have a bowl bowl effect again? I think so. Honestly, I think so because I think he he has potential, clearly. Clearly has potential. He can do some things on the floor. He's not 
you know, just this player, like every time you see him, like, oh God, him again. You're not, I'm not seeing that. Right. But I just, I just, I'm confused. I'm confused on, on his minutes. Like I'm more confident in like Vlatko's minutes because when he's out there, what Vlatko has given us, you know, we, we've talked about Vlatko numerous times. He's consistently hitting threes. Like he's shooting over 50% right now. Um, and while he's out there, he's hustling. Like Vlatko mm-hmm. is like, every time you see him, he's like, he's like this. He's just, he's just always on the go. And the Nuggets need that, you know, for, for, you know, anytime Jokic is not on the court, you need everybody to hustle and just do what they got to do. And you get that, you get that from Vlatko. I don't, I don't really see that too much um, from Zeke while he's out there personally. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm just like, maybe I got to look at his game a little bit different. Maybe the next game we play, um, I get to, I'll, I'll probably just focus solely on when Najee's on the court. I'm just going to be like, all right, cool. Let me see. I'm just going to watch him and see how he cuts, see how he's moving, see if he's screening off or, you know, for cutters. And I just, I just think that's probably what it is. I think I kind of mentally just was like, eh, I ain't seen enough. So I don't really care too much um, because he may not even be here that much longer on the Nuggets. I feel the same way you do, honestly. You know, I, I think you indirectly kind of bring up a good point is, um, with Bull Bull, we didn't know what he was, and I don't think he really knew what he was while he True. was here, right? True, yeah. And then Zeke, he doesn't know what he is. We don't know what he is. I mean, he says he's a center. He says he's a stretch five, or right. sorry, a stretch four, maybe. Um, but you also bring up a guy like Vlatko, who's, what, six, nine, and mm-hmm. can play, you know, two through four, at, right. even at times the five. I've seen him in the paint. Um, so I guess there's just some guys that can, you know, go with that positionless basketball. I don't, I don't hate on it. Trust me. I don't, because when Murray came out, I was like, this guy does not, I mean, that was the big knock on him, right? He doesn't have the handles to be a point guard. He is a shooting guard and he's come out and he is your point guard. He is a point guard at this point. Um, and then right now I'm sitting here going is, should bones be bringing the ball up? Maybe he's a shooting guard. But again, you know, who am I to say versus, um, but there are some of these guys, you know, there's the Bulbuls and there's the Zeke Najis that maybe they just either don't buy in or, you know, I don't think it's not buying in. I think it's just got to be like, they just don't, they need to have a role. They need to know what they're on the courts do at all times. And right. um, I, I think some players flourish with it and some don't. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. Um, I just think it's just going to come down to consistency for, for Zeke, for real, right? That That's all it is. And whether we get a chance to see that on the Nuggets or he ends up going somewhere else and another opportunity or, or another coach or another scheme is better fitting for him. Because like you said, if, if, if we don't know, then they probably don't know either because obviously we're watching every single game. We're seeing what's happening. And if he's saying that he's a center and then the coaches may be seeing him as more of a small forward or then at that point, nobody's going to win because once there's confusion with a particular player and they don't really know where this person fits in, then one, you're not going to get enough playing time to show off your skills. And two, when you get on the court to show off your skills, you're trying to show off skills that your coaches don't agree with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we don't even know. Um, but it was interesting. Obviously you brought up, you brought up Jamal Murray, right? You brought up Jamal Murray. And, you know, obviously when he first came into the league, 
you know it, it was it was interesting because you are you were seeing him hit a bunch of threes and you would see these little these little splashes little spurts of brilliance brilliance you know obviously early in his career playing against the boston celtics dropping 48 on Kyrie's head um you know like so he, he he's had these little moments right obviously jamal murray's had a interesting couple seasons you know with you know from the from the bubble moment with his back and forths with donovan mitchell who obviously scored 71 last night which is on and he had 71 with 11 assists right that's insane it, it wasn't a kobe 80 it was not one whatever it was it was like it was all me no man he was still getting yeah. all of his players involved Dude, the, these players are actually putting up some insane numbers. And I think he was on play. what sixty nine true shooting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was insane. Obviously, with, with and with Luca with the sixty point triple double last week, and the the league is insane right now. But you know, back to Jamal Murray. Um, obviously, we saw him in the bubble, and then immediately after that, uh, with with the season following, he tore his ACL and he's been out for a little while. Obviously, he's just now getting back. Um, he has not had a full season under him yet since that injury, so. My question is just based on everything that you've seen, right? The Nuggets are 24 and 13 right now. So we're just about, well, almost we're almost getting to that halfway point in the season, right? When Jokic mentioned earlier in the season, or right before it started, that you know, he he thinks that Jamal Murray is gonna take about 20 games to get back to, you know, or, or first 20 games, he's not gonna be playing well. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, there was some joking involved in that. But, you know, in reality, it was it's a true thing because you kind of have to give a player time to get back into their their, you know, get their legs under them. Now, we are a little over what we're pretty close to about 40 games. Mm-hmm. We're pretty close to about 40 games now. Do you think Jamal Murray is back to 100 percent yet for everything that you've seen? I need to know what 100 percent looks like, because, you know, anyone can say like, yeah, like kobe out here dropping uh, you know 80 points that that's kobe that's not kobe right like are we looking at like a jamal murray that is gonna give you you know 22 five and five right if that's the jamal murray then that we're looking for or we're anticipating then you know i think all, we're always going to want jamal murray to be consistent and you know the fact that uh, you know, he had uh, the Celtics game off because he's not trusting his knee kind of tells me he's not back yet. Got it. And, um, and it was because of knee soreness. Right. So um, I want to say that he's not back. And I want to say that because I want to, um, you know, a little leeway um, to be left in there to say, yeah, like, uh, you know, he can still be so much better. Look where, look where we can go once he's back. Right. Um, but like, I would say right now, if you could put, um, if we could face the Cavs right now, man, is he going to be able to go toe to toe with Donovan? Right. Like, I, I feel like he would want to, but I feel like right now he's not there. And, uh, that burst getting around guys, it's not there. Um, getting to the rim, it's, it's hit or miss. Um, so I'm gonna say no, he's not back, and I'm gonna say that optimistically, um, saying that um, he still has room to grow and he can get there. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, I just looking at him play, right? Obviously, we saw him last night um, in a Timberwolves game, and he had some moments. Um, the biggest thing, and you said the word correctly, the word with Jamal Murray is consistency. 
it has been from the time he got into into this league. Um, it has been his consistency and lack thereof. Mm-hmm. We see the superstar potential, like, and that's I'm, I don't throw superstar around very lightly because not a lot of players can do what Jamal Murray did in the in in the bubble. You brought up Donovan Mitchell in their battle. Not a lot of players can do that. Not a lot. Like it's it's only a handful of players in the league that can drop 50, 40, 50, and then, you know, in, in the in the next series after that, drop 40 plus against two of the game's what top five wing defenders. Mm-hmm. That is players don't just do that. And so you're you're talking about this is a player in the brightest lights, a player in the playoffs doing this right so obviously everyone knows that jamal murray when he's at his best he is definitely he is actually one of the most deadly players in the league you know once he gets hot good luck that's about it the problem is how often are we going to see him in that zone and i think that is what for us as fans um we see the potential and we use the word potential a lot because we that's kind of what it is at this point. We see what he can do. I just want to be able to see it more often. Obviously, um, in his toe-to-toe matchup with Damian Lillard this season, you know, a couple couple weeks ago, and you know, Damian Lillard hit his big three and already tapping the wrist, talking about Dame time, and Jamal Murray's like, okay, we all right. That's the, so. So I got some for you, and then he hits the the game winning three in the corner, and so he we're seeing it. We're seeing it in spurts. So I will. So I, I totally agree with you when 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 you said, you know, can he go toe to toe with some of these guys? I actually, I actually think he can, but we kind of have to catch him on the right night, right? You know, because I don't think this is something that he can just do every single night right now. Um, I think maybe after the All Star break is kind of where I think we are going to get more consistency from him. At least that's the way that I see it. Um, I thought, you know, the whole 20 games thing, I thought that was a little, a little early, but you know, us as fans were like 20 games, dude, I want to see Jamal Murray from game one. Right. Why I got to wait 20 games. I want to see a hundred percent. I want to see Murray flurries every night. Like, why can't I see that? You know, but realistically, you know, like I said, it's, it's when you're coming back from, from a tough injury and, and, you know, very similarly, you know, when I used to play soccer and like, I broke my ankle and, it took me it took me a while to, to even play sports again. Mm-hmm. I was walking around on crutches for like nine months and you know when I when I got off them I didn't even I didn't even want to play soccer anymore and I was like good good you know what I mean so I can understand just from the mentality of being an athlete and just somebody who wants to be good at something it's not as easy as just like oh let me get back on the field or get back on the court in his case and just get back to what you were known to be doing. It's not that simple it, there is a mental side that is one of the hardest things to get over. Um, but when we talk about an ACL, man, I've never experienced that, but a major injury I have, and it is definitely, definitely not easy. So I would also say, no, he's not, he's not back to a hundred percent yet, but I think after the all-star break, we're going to, we're going to see a, a more focused Jamal Murray, and I'm hoping for more consistency from him. We've waited, what, three, almost four years for MPJ, Murray, Jokic, um, all of them to be on the court. Yeah. And now that they're all on the court, now we're waiting for MPJ, Murray, and Jokic all to be on the court and be their usual selves. And it's like, we know Jokic is going to be 
you know, an MVP caliber kind of player every single right. night. He bring it. He's a thoroughbred. Um, there is no taking him off the court because once it comes off, it's one of the worst teams in basketball. But it's like, it's almost like MPJ and Murray go to each other right before the game. Like, Hey, you want to be on tonight or you want me to be on tonight? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, if, if we could have both of them just going off, man, that is when this team is going to be elite. And it's, it's funny because there's only, there's like one more player that you're like, man, you have the potential to be incredible. And it's, if bones could also be consistent, man, yeah. like, then your bench is, you know, you can bring the uh, MVP off the court. And you can get him longer minutes. You can give him um, better spurts, man. I don't. I just wish we could get a little bit more consistency because if we do, like this team's going to be unstoppable. And maybe it is just getting the heel right, getting the hip right, getting the the knee right. You know, um, maybe not playing everybody on a back to back when you're in at three a.m. Um, you know, this, this team has bigger aspirations. They've got some learning to do. So maybe, um, you know, not playing your superstars, um, isn't the right move to make, but right. I just feel like there's, there's going to be times when you can pull them off. And I just need to see a little bit of consistency from, I don't know, the bench. Maybe that is where you go and make that big trade to strengthen the bench. That way you can get a Murray, an MPJ, a Jokic off the court, um, get them some rest minutes because, you know, they're going to give it their all while they're out there. Just, I feel like while Murray's out there and he's not hitting his shots, at least he knows, um, like, yeah, I got to get other guys involved. I got to get out. Right. Um, you know, I got to do the stuff that's away from the ball. It's MPJ that I'm also worried about because if he's not hitting his, you know, his yeah mics, then you're starting to worry like, well, what else are you bringing to the court? Cause if you're not hitting your yeah mics, and you're not getting those rebounds, like I got to bring you up the court, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we're, you know, about done with the show today, but um, just looking at MPJ, like you said, I, whenever I watch him play, I can literally predict when he's just going to take a shot. Like you're like, you're like, you can actually see it. And if I can see it from a fan's perspective, I would mm -hmm. assume opposing coaches and opposing teams and opposing players can see the same thing because I'm watching him and it's like his body language changes. Like, I'm like, okay, MPJ has the ball. Like he gets a rebound and he starts running coast to coast. And I'm like, Oh, this is a pull up mid range. You could see it. Like, look at the way he's, look at the way he's running with the ball. He's, he's bouncing it a certain way, a certain angle. So you're like, Oh, you know, he's just, he's not even looking at his teammates. And that part of his game is something that he needs to fix. And right. that is not even just my opinion. That is a fact because if I can tell as somebody who just casually, well, not casually, because I watch the games like with detail, but just me as a fan, just watching it and us as fans watching it, we can watch him and tell just body language alone what he's about to do. Guys who are trained to do this and watch film every day, they have to be able to tell. So it's a lot of things with MPJ, you know, like you said. What else is he bringing to the court, right? Of course, he crashes the boards from time to time. Um, I know Aaron Gordon has been the guy who's been pretty much taking all the secondary rebounds because everything that's not Jokic's rebounds is secondary at this point. Um, but MPJ, I mean, he's, I mean, 6'10", 6'11", you got to be able to, to get help on the defensive boards, even offensively as well. I know, obviously, he's pretty much on the perimeter, 
for most of, for the most part when he's on the offensive side. But you got to be able to bring something else. You just have to, whether it's screening a little bit better or um, diving for loose balls even more. Like you, I understand from an injury perspective, he may not want to do that. But dude, when you get to the playoffs, all that stuff got you. You gotta, you have to put your body, your mentality, everything has to be on the line for the big prize. And just hitting threes or just hitting wide open threes is not just going to be it. You have to bring more to the table. Like, you know, like we, we, we talk about Jokic all the time. Jokic could just be a scorer if he wants to. Mm-hmm. And obviously average 35 plus a night with no problem. But he, in his mind, is like, no, in order for this team to be successful, I have to do a little bit of everything. I have to block shots from time to time. I have to, I mean, he steals the ball most more than most centers. Um, he's obviously rebounding. He's getting his teammates involved. So at this point, he is carrying the load of everything. So I think you could do a little something more than just shoot wide open threes. Right. You know, you know, I think because you're not even being asked to do much. You're 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 just being asked to do a little bit more right. than the average. And that is all. So, you know. You are seeing the exact same thing I'm seeing when it comes to MPJ. We just want more from him as an individual player, whether that's, you know, offensively, even, you know, defensively. We just want to see a little bit more because teams are targeting him and he has to kind of get that mentality like, listen, I can do a little bit more than just hit spot up threes. Mm -hmm. I got to bring some more to the table. And if he does that, possibilities are endless for this team. Alex. Is there anything else you want to say to the people before we head out today? You see uh, Mbop's, uh his top five? No, I didn't. Right no, no. Well, I mean, there was no Jokic on there. I can tell you what? that. Sorry, right, I don't even want to hear his list. Nah, 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 go ahead. Go. What was his list? I, I don't have it on hand. I just, I was, the first <laughs> thing I saw, I was like, all right, well, no wonder you lost to the GOAT, right? So I was like, all right, yeah, you yeah, deserve yeah. that. Yeah, so, no, nah, I haven't I haven't seen it. I, as soon as we get off here, I'm uh. I'm actually, you know what? No, let me. I'm gonna do it right now. I want to. I want. I want to actually react to this real fast. Hold on. Let me see. Mbappe top five. Is it was top five NBA players? Mm-hmm. Let me see what what his list looking like. Okay, Mbappe is top five. LeBron James, Giannis, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, and Kevin Durant. Hmm. I'm just saying, right. I thought he would have had some love for some international guys. I, I and not I mean, just Luca and uh, and Giannis. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, listen, you, hey, if that's if that's his list and that's his opinion, awesome. But it's, uh, it's a second if, place kind of list. Yeah, it, it, it is. If your if your top five mm-hmm. list does not have Nikola Jokic right now, then you you tripping. Right. That's his bottom line. But uh, hey, like you said, hey, that's probably why he lost. It right. is what it is. Uh-huh. The mentality Maybe. wasn't right. Maybe if Let you had Jokic in the top five, you'd be good. Let me you know? see Messi's list, right? I get. Hey, I know Jokic in his. Well, I hope it. Yeah. <laughs> <Better be. laughs> but all right, man. Listen, Alex. This was this was fun, man. Obviously, there's a couple of topics here um, that we didn't get a chance to touch on today, but we will get on them next show. We should have Jack back on the show for the next episode, and maybe another guest as well. Um, we're gonna start putting these shows out a lot more often, you guys. So. You know, just keep listening to it, keep supporting it. I'm, I'm going to drop some clips 
um, on the episodes. Some I'll, I get probably maybe one or two clips up tonight and some more tomorrow. Um, just different segments on the show. And then I'm going to have the full thing posted in probably an hour or so. So we should be able to listen to it back. But uh, Alex, it was a pleasure, man. We will catch up. This is Denver Hoops and Dreams, y'all. We'll catch y'all on the next episode.